And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Todd Benzman. He is Senior National Security Fellow for the Center for Immigration Studies. And Todd, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. We had talked um, some time ago, I think it was back um, a year and four months ago, or something like that. And so we're kind of talking about the same thing. However, I'm really interested to see what has changed, if anything, um, that you have observed. And, and the folks need to know that, Todd, uh, maybe Todd, maybe you can tell us about yourself, your involvement with national security, and particularly now uh, our southern border. Sure. Well, I was a, uh, I am a recovering journalist, I like to say. <laughs> I was a reporter for 23 years uh, through 20, 2009, which kind of reveals my age a little bit. But uh, then I, I, um, you know, I worked for, uh, you know, major newspapers sure. and CBS the last uh, decade or so doing national security, you know, counterterrorism uh, coverage. And then from there, I went to the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division and crossed the police tape to do uh, intelligence work. And I did that for about another 10 years. And now I work for a think tank out of Washington called the Center for Immigration Studies, where I just do border security. So I've been doing that for about four and a half, five years. And I'm actually down on the border right now at uh, Eagle Pass, Texas, about to cross over into Piedras Negras, see what's going on over there. Well, what I like about you is that um, you're not just repeating somebody else's news story, but you're getting the story yourself. Feet on the ground, you're seeing what's going on, and you have this broad array of security background and intelligence uh, efforts. And so... um, I really thank you for being willing to come on with us. When I think of our southern border, I, I get depressed and I get upset, and I shouldn't be. I'm a Christian, and I, I am, I'm also an optimistic Christian, uh, and yet that doesn't hide the fact that we have an absolute mess on our southern border. Can you share with us some highlights of what you are seeing, Todd? Sure. Um What's happening now with the border, it has shape-shifted in the last uh, few months. Uh, whereas before, we had, you know, hundreds of thousands of people a month, 200,000 people a month, crossing between ports of entry through the brush and turning themselves in, giving up to Border Patrol because the Biden administration was allowing them to stay. Everybody who crossed in just about or the vast majority got to stay, which is the policy that has caused this mass migration crisis, which is the subject of my book, Overrun, which is all about how this thing happened, the greatest mass migration crisis in U.S. history. And the policies are no different, really, but they, in terms of you know, total numbers coming into the country, 
But what the what the new policies do since May, they put in a new strategy uh, is to run these people through the bridges over the ports of entry, not between them, by handing out perm- entry permits while people are still in Mexico. And in this way, you can't see them enter like you could before. You know, you have these Fox News drones flying over or people like me down there in the middle of everybody as they're just, you know, thousands and thousands pouring through. Um, so thousands and thousands are still entering that way. They're still being allowed to come in, but they're being incentivized to, to do the permits to be handed uh, humanitarian parole, what they call humanitarian parole permits. And then they walk across the bridge and they, they get in that way just as, as you know, often and in the same numbers and, uh, the other, but you just can't see them. So what, what happens is the American public will be told, well, you know, the border's really under control. Everything's great. Uh-huh. The numbers are way down that have entered illegally, but they won't mention that the numbers are way up by the same amount being brought in over the bridges where you can't see them. Uh, because most of these bridges have uh, sun awnings over them. Mm-hmm. So you can't fly a drone over them and see all the long lines of people waiting there to come in. And so that's the trick. But rest assured that probably on the order of, uh, you know, 200,000 a month are still entering the country over that southern border. So it's still a massive number of people Um I'm struck by the numbers, Todd. If I think of a small city in the United States, maybe something like Kingston, New York, or so, um, it used to have around 30,000. I think maybe it's a little less. It's one that I live near. But 200,000 in a month. Um, what, what do towns do that, that get such an influx? How do they handle that? Right. Well, Right. I mean, so, you know, we're probably going to be seeing on the order uh, in 2023 of, you know, close to 3 million uh, entering the country. The numbers are are staggering. We've never had numbers anywhere close to this in the history of the country. And that's why this is, you know, a historic event beyond anything in the American experience. It's often not seen that way because there's very little media covering this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is. I mean, I, I, I'm down here, but there's very little. I mean, I, I rarely see any reporters down here, any American reporters. Really? Yes, um, I'm very often all alone. The only one down here. I'll, I'll come down for a week and not see another reporter anywhere. Wow! It goes on like that. I've been covering this thing for two and a half years. And, you know, the American people just don't don't see it. But but I do think that the American people are noticing this in their cities because city after city after city is just staggering under the unfunded inundation of migrants. You know, they got to put them somewhere. They have to put them in schools. They have to live somewhere. They need food, shelter, clothing. In you know medical services, everything, and that you know they have almost nothing. So 
the country is fully funding this whole thing and by at the city level and the town level. Um, and so, you know, whoever's listening to this probably is, is aware if they just look around or, or pay attention, there are big fights at city hall over where to get the money. A lot of cities are declaring disasters and national emergencies sure. and you know, demanding federal bailouts and that sort of thing. So Americans see that, <clears throat> but um, don't really understand why it's happening or for the extent to which it's happening. But this is transformative. It is for the country that the numbers we're looking at probably, you know, by the end of the Biden term, there probably will be somewhere in the order of 8 million, 9 million new people oh, at inside least. the country yeah. from over the southern border, at least. Yeah. What I've learned just watching, I have no special insights or feeds or anything like that. I've come to the conclusion that this is 100 percent intentional by the Biden administration. Yes. This is what he wants. Am I correct there? Yes, absolutely. They fully understand what they're doing. So why are they doing it? Well, um, it's it's out of an ideology, uh, an ascendant new ideology that that is from the very far left side of the political spectrum uh, that has always been held down and kept in the closet and, you know, chained in the basement. But in 2020, it got out hmm. and took power, took over the insane asylum, as they say. Yeah. And those people believe in their heart of hearts that um, mass migration is a human right, that it's an inalienable human right, God-given, you have uh, an absolute right to travel wherever you want and to get out of a bad circumstance, and that, you know, border policies, control policies are immoral and and illegitimate. Mm -hmm. And so the, the people that have taken charge of the White House policies in this, in this area um, have done everything possible to decouple the American government from the Immigration and Naturalization Act, which is the law that Congress passed. And so they have decided to treat the immigration laws like we treat the federal marijuana law. Oh. That's what they want to do. They want to go the marijuana law route. And they've completely succeeded so far. Well, now I, I notice that sometimes there's uh, special, I don't know, gated communities or, you know, where the elites live. Um, there was one up on the East Coast to the north uh, where they somebody shipped some uh, illegals up there, and they didn't quickly keep them. They, they, they kicked them out. Uh, do you recall that happening? Yeah, yeah, that's the famous or infamous Martha Vineyard. Yeah, Martha Vineyard uh, case. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's an ideology, uh, and ideologies and idealism often is uh, is divorced from ground reality. Reality, yeah. What it actually means, and what it actually means is, you know we have to take care of just millions and millions of completely destitute people yes. who um, have been invited to come into the country 
and have been allowed, all of them allowed to stay, and they'll never leave. We'll never get them all. Correct. Not even close. They're here forever. This is permanent. That's why I see it. We're stuck with this situation now. Um, And people might say, well, hey, pal, why do you have a problem with this? You're a Christian, aren't you? Have you you ever heard that argument? (laughs) Yeah. I, I hear it all the time. It's made all the time. It's, you know, we're a Christian nation. Nancy Pelosi used to say that. Yeah. But, you know, we're also a nation of law. Right. And if you don't like the law, you know, just get rid of it. Don't, you can't have the um, president of the United States and all of his top appointees deciding which congressional laws to uphold and which ones to ignore. Sure. Uh, you either... Uh, enforce the laws that that the people decreed were good enough to pass, or get rid of them or change them through the process. Correct. That's how it works. Or supposed to work. Not, right. And you know, legally, the country um, allows more than a million people a year to come in, and uh-huh. it's it's more than any nation on on earth. And it's been like that for a really long time. I mean, we're an incredibly Christian, generous nation when it yes. comes to legal immigration. But, but there's there's there is a distinction, no matter what you know proponents of this say, between legal and illegal immigrant immigration. It's not all just immigration. This sort of over umbrella. Immigra- oh, it's immigrant immigrants. It's no mm-hmm. legal immigrants and illegal immigrants. <laughs> Yes. People that that followed the law, paid their fees, Correct. waited patiently, uh, filled out all the paperwork that was asked of them, and people that just said, screw all that, we're coming in. That's right. You know? That's right. Maybe I'm extra sensitive to this because we have a daughter-in-law who hopped through all the all the loops, plus learned the language, plus got a master's degree, and... She was born in another country, and she wanted to come here. And she's a precious, she's a precious daughter-in-law, and she obeyed the law 100%. And I'm thinking, it's not fair to her and millions of others like her who had to wait, who had to, you know, produce, who had to get a job and, and earn a living. It, it's just not fair to those people. That's right. The, the, those people are the first victims of yes. this kind of policy. It is absolutely not just a slap in the face Correct. across one cheek, but across the other cheek and then back on the other cheek and back to the first cheek yes. and the second cheek. It's just over and over and over again. I I hear from people like that who are just incensed that they followed the rules, did all the right things, and then millions and millions of people were able to just cut the line and get Correct. right in forever Correct. without doing anything. And that's that's the problem when you are not a nation of laws. Yes. Those sorts of offenses are just, you know, pr- very prevalent. And this is a serious matter. It's it's my conviction that if we cease to become a nation of laws, we cease to become a nation. And the good things about America that we're familiar with will certainly disappear. Um, now, I got another line of thinking here I want to explore with you. Suppose there's that loving, touchy, dovey uh, Christian out there, and I'm a Christian. 
Um, but I'm not this kind of Christian where it says, oh, it's fine. You can just break the law and you can come in and we're going to make sure that you get on the public dole and get all the handouts and all of that. And then I'd want to ask that person, well, are you willing to take this illegal alien into your house and provide room and board and, and keep him or her there or maybe their whole family? Um I don't know. Something is not connecting here for me. I don't see, I see the blathering, and I see the messed up policy, but I don't see the actions on the ground of using our own, my own personal money to support this person that came in illegally that I may or may not trust versus forcing the hand of government to give a handout. What's what's wrong with that kind of a Christian? <coughs> well, you know, I'm not... <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not going to judge uh, that. I mean, no, no, that's true. I think. I mean, I think what it is is that um, you know people expect the federal government that their that their taxpayers will take care of this problem, that the tax dollars yeah. will take care of this problem, and that's why you see you know cities like New York and Chicago with their hands out asking for a federal bailout. Yes. Uh, because uh, and, and you see, you know, the the city council in Chicago chambers filled with furious uh, black residents who are angry that the city council is pushing fifty million dollars a month to take care of these tens of thousands of needy migrants mm-hmm. when they've been asking for fractions of that kind of money as investment into their communities. And they're like, what are you doing? You're handing out just all this money that we've been asking for for, for for years, decades. You know, I've thought of something else, too. I'm going down this Christian route a little bit further. Um, I think there's an opportunity here, if us Christians would take this seriously, for evangelism, uh, see God change the heart, and then teach them proper responsible civics, in other words, educate them, hopefully in the English language, because I don't know Spanish or whatever they're speaking, um, and help them become responsible people. Yet at the same time, I'm not sure that they should ever become a citizen because they broke the rules getting here. But why should we make them a citizen if you can't trust them in the first place? Well, there's a larger question uh, and dynamic at play here, which is this, that when large foreign populations see the United States grant the ultimate reward for their illegal behavior, yes. it, it acts as a permanent enticement for those populations to similarly break the law and cross in. Mm-hmm. So... So, in my opinion, you have to uh, hold the line. You cannot, you cannot grant the ultimate reward for these illegal immigrations, mass immigrations. You have to let the po- the world know that it's not going to pay off, and that you're actually going to end up deported back home, Correct. no matter how many years you lived here. Correct. It has to be that way, or um, the whole world will just tried to come over the border with, with this idea in mind that sooner or later they're all going to get citizenship. 
Yes. They have to know that sooner or later they're going to end up back home. That's right. One way or another, or that they're going to have to live in fear and, um, you know, in torment here in the United States for as long as they're here. Yes. Until they get deported. And that that's unfortunate. But, it you is. know, you have to. I spend a lot of time with immigrants. I, I look them right in the eye. I know exactly who they are and wh- what they're what they're doing. And, you know, you still have to be able to look them in the eye and say, you're going home. Yes, correct. It's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. But, you know, a civil society has to do all kinds of unpleasant things to, to remain civil. For example, yeah. you know, when you convict the guilty of crimes, you have to look them in the eye and say, guess what? You're going to prison. You have to go to prison. And they're weeping and crying in front oh, yeah. of you. But, or, you know, animal euthanasia. You know, it's a, a terrible thing. Uh, but, you know, you can't have you know, rabid dogs running no. through the streets. No, that's how it works. Um, yeah. Today we're talking with Todd Benzman. He's really a, a key source of information. He works for the Center for Immigration Studies as a senior national security fellow, and he has all kinds of experience in immigration. Um, we've got maybe three or four minutes left, Todd. If you were to advise our leaders as to the next step. I'm thinking there may have to be many steps. <laughs> I know, I'm so desperate here. I, I think the situation is so broke that we are right on the threshold of losing our country that we love. How about some advice for our leaders? Well, um, you know, we're, we're a divided nation, and you know, the Democrats really believe that, you know, all these immigrants should stay. And uh, whoever in, in the, on the Republican side gets into into the White House, the the is where the power will reside. You know, mm-hmm. um, whoever's in the White House, because country's too divided to do a comprehensive immigration reform or mm-hmm. really kind of fix it. So it's going to be done by policy fiat from the White House. Yeah. And what needs to be done is. Uh, if you want to stop this, if you're on the side of stopping millions of people from just pouring over mm-hmm. the border at their will, you have to make it costly for them. You have to make it consequential, negative consequences uh, so that they they don't get rewarded for the $10,000 that they spent on yeah. smuggling fees, that sort of thing. That's really what it all it takes. You're going to end up back in Mexico. You're going to be promptly deported. You're going to be pushed back. You're not going to get in. And I think that's really all all it takes. I mean, Donald mm-hmm. Trump did that and had and had the lowest numbers crossing the border in 45 years. Wow. You know, like thirty thousand a month yeah. when he was when he was president in his final year. That went from thirty thousand a month to two hundred and thirty thousand a month within a very short time. That's policy. I just when I hear those numbers and it's happening every month, I have no idea how we can possibly handle this. Um, you know, given that we love people, uh, it doesn't mean that you give them handouts, but you try to help them. And if they're disobeying our laws, you can't trust them. They broke our laws. And so they have to be sent back. That is the right it's a terrible, thing. It's a terrible first impression, that's for sure. It really is. Like your, your very first act in joining us is to just 
flout all of our laws and just do whatever you can to just that's why right. cheat and steal to get in. That's right. That's not who. We, that's not who we are. That's uh, not who we want. I would never trust someone who did that, and that's just how I live my life. Hey, we're out of time. If someone wants to read more, uh, tell us again about your book and website or anything like that. Todd Benzman. Yeah, the book is called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. That's available anywhere books are sold. It's in bookstores, on Amazon, etc. cetera. Uh, an audio uh, version is coming out uh, in a week or two. And um, you can read all of my writings at toddbensman.com, toddbensman.com. I'm on Twitter, Benzman Todd. And uh, I've got a newsletter you can sign up for on my website to get my alerts and all that kind of stuff. I appreciate that. And you're in the midst of traveling into Mexico later today. And so, again, it's more feet on the ground. Todd Benzman, may the Lord protect your travels today and in the weeks and months ahead. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.